0: Listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Nailor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, I'm going to talk about something a little bit serious. Uh, and, and you know, I really want it's kind of a, a cautionary tale for for everyone. Um, being so that it's still technically the spring rush uh, for for me, for us here in central Virginia, a spring rush kind of started like the end of March, early April, basically whenever the, 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 the weather breaks. Um, which can be usually sometime in March, starts getting warm, grass starts greening up, you know, flowers start budding, certain flowers, certain trees, things like that. And everyone just starts thinking, oh gosh, I got to get, you know, my lawn care straight, my landscaping straight, all that stuff. And that's where it just just pops off um, for us here in in, in central Virginia, Richmond, Midlothian area. So it's just been hustle and bustle. And I I, you know, so no, no different for me. Right. You know, just like everyone else, super busy and I still, still was struggling and still am technically. um, But I was struggling more so with my staffing right in the beginning of the spring rush, right in the beginning of the season. I basically started the season the way I ended it. Unfortunately, you know, I, kind of went through the winter limping along there. There's not a whole lot of work in the winter for us here. There's not a lot of snow or no snow for us to even do anything with, and and it's just too cold typically um for us to do any kind of lawn and landscaping stuff so we just do miscellaneous things you know we kind of leaf cleanups and miscellaneous things like that kind of carry us through the holidays and then we you know start doing some more cleanups and pruning and um, start prepping for mulch and uh, putting down pre-emergent, things like that, and kind of hope stretching that out to hopefully get us, I mean, new clients, you know, hopefully that come on board and if they have any kind of cleanups and things needed and fixing up stuff or whatever, we kind of do that too and get all that out the way before the mowing season starts sometime, usually the middle to the end of March. Again, weather, weather, all weather, related. At the latest, we start, you know, the first week of April, if, you know, even if it's not super warm, super early, we always still start in April, make sure that we're getting those first cuts in, even if we're only cutting off a little bit, but most yards need to be touched some way or another, cleaned up here and there, branches, whatever nonsense stuff might be here, there, and everywhere. Everything definitely needs a fresh edge after a long winter and so on. But so I was able to limp along through that process with the staffing that I had, but you know, starting off the season wasn't wasn't as good um, as I wanted it to be. I was hoping for a, for a better, stronger start. Getting tons of calls, tons of um, you know, good clients coming on board. Uh, I took a step back a little bit. You know, I got rid of a lot of clients that I didn't want anymore for various reasons, either they were too far, they were PETA customers or, you know, combination of the two. And uh, some of them I refer to people. Some of them I just said, hey, you know, sorry, I'm not going to be able to take care of your property anymore next season. You know, gave them plenty of notice. You know, it's like at the end of the season, I told them. So they had all winter to find somebody else and and cry themselves to sleep and all that. Um, and, And, you know, so I started off lighter. You know, then, then, then I ended, which was good, but it was still unfortunately a, a rough start to the season. So, coming off of that, just started getting busier and busier with the calls. Um, I, I still wanted to continue growing, but in a very strategic way. I raised all my prices even higher than I did last year like that I normally do, I went 10% for everything versus 5% or, you know, 3% or, you know, all these random, you know, percentages that different people have for various reasons. I just went hard 10% for everything, all my prices, um, except for mulch. I kept mulch the same because it's already high up at the, almost at the highest level of my market to begin with. I could have went a little bit higher, but you know, I'm like, it's fine, whatever. All the other prices are being are going high to begin with. I started doing dethatching, which is a new service that I implemented, so I got that. So that's more money that people are are paying for. So I'm like, you know, I'll just keep the mulch prices the same and so on. So there's a lot of other things that I implemented. You know, credit card on file, mandatory for everybody. All these things. That was like the last thing. That was just one of those things that I'm like, you know what, I'll just leave mulch alone. You know, just hey, you know, if you need mulch again this year and sign up, you know, price is still the same. So on. Cause all the other changes that I did, I just kind of wanted one thing not to change. Um, but so, you know, I, I was getting, you know, strategically getting new, new people with higher prices in the same neighborhoods was wanted to start in a new neighborhood just because I'm trying to, you know, slowly increase in the right areas. Um, but again, you know, I still had staffing issues. So i was just juggling a bunch of things and just rushing, rushing, rushing constantly. And no matter how many cautionary tales that I've heard in the past, it seems like, you know, it's just until it happens to you, it just, you just, you just think it's another cautionary tale. I mean, I try to be a cautionary person. I feel like I'm a cautious person. Um, I try to be careful with a lot of things that I do, but sometimes when things get stressful and you put the pedal to the metal, you you sometimes make careless decisions. So, um, you know, needless to say, I was rushing, 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 trying to get my second round of pre-emergent down for my clients and, you know, I'm getting calls and emails and, you know, for this, for all kinds of things, current, you know, current clients, you know, are you coming for this or that? Trying to keep my schedule, you know, organized, trying to stay on schedule. Of course, the spring's got a lot more rain than normal. So you got to deal with that. You're dodging the rain and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we're mowing and I'm trying to, you know, squeeze in pre-emergent, which is normally, After we're done mowing, I have to go swap out everything, you know, get rid of all the, unload all the mowing stuff and load, you know, the, the, the treatment stuff, whether that be bags of pre-emergent and spreaders, you know, blowers or, you know, spraying, you know, uh, for the weeds, you know, loading up the the, the sprayer and making sure all the right products in there and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But either way, there's a swap out process, a, a changeover process, which takes time. You know, not the not, not not the end of the day, no, I mean not the end of the world, but it still takes time. So like basically by the time you get done mowing, drop your guys off or whatever, or if you're just by yourself, you know, which that happened to me a bunch of times too, you head to storage swap everything out and then get to the, ne- to the first yard to treat. I mean, it's almost like an hour has gone by you with travel time and swapping things in and out, going to the bathroom, maybe real quick, you know, it's the end of the day, end of the mowing day. It's been seven, eight hours or whatever. And you're like, you know, need to go to the bathroom or, or, or you know, grab something to drink or whatever to power through the rest of your day before it gets dark. You know, it's getting darker later and later now, which also happens in spring and daylight savings time and all that switches. So So, but, you know, but it's still rushing. So I'm rushing out to try and get three, four, five yards treated that are usually closer together. And I'm picking and choosing where I'm going. Like, where can I get the biggest bang for my buck? All right. These four are right here on the same street or a couple on this street, a couple around the corner on that street. I can knock them out. You know, these two are next to each other. These two are over here or whatever, you know, like, or these, these couple are small. They're, you know, a couple of you know, one's down the street from another and so on, but they're small. So I can bang them out real quick. Boom, boom. I can still get three or four done before dark and then rush home or rush back to storage, unload everything and then go home and have dinner, uh, leftover dinner, you know, dinner that's leftover because I missed it. You know, like that's, that's how the spring rush is, right? Like I'm, I'm you know, I know Crime river, right. But I'm just saying all this to say that I was rushing, 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 still don't have the right staffing and just really still kind of stressed out from last year. Like it's kind of like starting to bubble up again. Like, Oh my gosh, like why am I, why is this still happening to me? Like I thought I was, you know, I made a ton of adjustments, but it still wasn't perfect. You know, it's like, come on, I'm better than this, you know, but in the heat of the moment I'm rushing, rushing, it starts sprinkling and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This was not in the forecast. Rain again. Here I am, Did went through that whole process that I just said, get to the, you know, a, a pair of lawns, two on, on the same cul de sac. I'm like, man, I can bang this out super fast, you know, 20, 25 minutes, I'm out, move on to the next one. And as soon as I get there, it starts sprinkling. I'm like, you've gotta be kidding me. So I'm rushing, 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 rushing. You're catching a, you're hearing a trend, right? I get in the middle of the yard and, you know, I'm um, uh product starting to clump up because I didn't make sure that, you know, everything was nice and broken up and clear or whatever, um, you know, in because things are getting wet. Right. Because it's sprinkling. Oh, I got to cover on the thing. But when you open it up to dump more in a little bit, you know, a little bit of moisture gets in there and things start clumping up and you're like, ah, so what do I do? What do I do? I got, you know, it's getting clumped up and I got to fill up, fill up more, but I got to clear out the clumps first. What do I do? I shove my hand in there. Oh my gosh, right? As soon as I say that, everyone listening to this probably just, probably just had like heart skipped a beat or something. They're all cringe. Uh, it was definitely cringe worthy. So I shove my hand in there, which sad to say I've done many times before, typically not in as much of a rush. And a lot of the times I actually shut the damn mower or uh, equipment off like you're supposed to but i just shove my hand in there trying to like not i didn't shove my hand in there like a complete ass like i shoved my hand in there but like you know off to the sides and trying to like you know quickly and somewhat carefully uh break up the clumps well unfortunately and and, and i know i know this is a thing like I, I I know it's it's a thing like I know this, but unfortunately because I was in a rush and I just it's it's raining heavier and heavier and I'm just freaking out and I'm tired and it all just kind of came together in that one moment where it, there's this little um <clears throat> there's a pin kind of like a little acts as kind of like an auger or whatever it's like a little pin that sticks through the rod that is spinning the um the the impeller underneath you know on the uh, below. The spreader, which when when the product drops down, that's spinning, that hits the impeller and flings it all over. As a broad, every broadcast spreader is is set up this way, and on the inside, there's usually something attached to the to that rod that kind of helps stir slash break up. You know, not in this case, right? Unless you you know, it's it's really only really not meant to break up too much. It's really just meant to kind of keep stirring. The, uh, the, the the product, it, it's super like minimal. It, it's almost pointless of it even being there. But in most cases, I'm sure some brands are better than others, but it's just supposed to be there to help kind of stir up whatever product, whatever granular product you have in the hopper, just to kind of keep it moving and circulating so that it keeps falling down into, you know, the, the, the hole that you're opening uh, with the proper setting so that it falls down and the impeller hits it and it and it spreads it all over where you need it to go. So that pin is usually covered by product. So when you're shoving stuff in there, you got to be careful. What you should do is just shut the dang thing off. But again, I was in a rush and I just was like, whatever, a couple, I've done it before, chipped away a couple times, whatever. So, you know. Sometimes I usually stick like a, a big flathead screwdriver or something that I have on me in there. But I didn't grab it with me because I I didn't grab it because I was in a rush. So it wasn't in my pocket, but I usually will shove that in there. And worst case scenario, if the pin hits that, just dink, just hits it, whatever, just bounces off the side, no big deal. And I just keep stirring, I'm done. But I shoved my hand in there this time instead. And because I had gloves on, which I still don't know if it's good or bad, could have been a blessing, could have been the reason. But because I had gloves on, like you're supposed to, right, when you're treating yards, you need to have gloves on to keep your hands from touching any of the material and, and getting any kind of bad, you know, uh, stuff happening after that, fr- from that, whether it be liquid or um, granular, it's still got residue on that. You don't want that all over your hands and so on. So you got, I got gloves on. And the pin caught one of the gloves, one of the, like the material on the glove of my finger, and it wrapped it all the way around the rod with my finger in it. So my finger wrapped all the way around it. And I was like, ah, it was like one of the most painful things. And it like, but it like, it like stopped, it it like stopped it momentarily, like jammed it up (laughs) with my finger. And I'm just like, 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 oh my gosh, like my hand's in a garbage disposal almost. And I'm like in panic mode and this all happened in seconds, but I could feel, I could feel the pressure of the the hydraulic system that's being used to drive this impeller because you can, you know, you control the speed with the hydraulic knob, you know, you can have it super slow so it drops, it doesn't spread very far or you can turn it up full strength and have it be spinning super fast so that it flings it. You know something like 15 or 18 feet swath broadcast so if you got like a huge area you can really go wide open and and cover a larger area without having to ride back and forth back and forth several different times so you can dial it in based on how much product you have set you know that you want to put down over certain square feet and all that you know you calibrate all that ahead of time
1: Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1500 to 3500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU-200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to theramprack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's theramprack.com, and, of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. So me being, you know, me
0: or whatever, being, being trying to be efficient, let's just say, you know, I'm lazy, whatever, you know, <laughs> just trying to be in a rush is what it is and not turning stuff on and off, just kind of keeping it rolling. So that it stays calibrated the right way for the yards that I'm doing at the time. It, it was just rolling. Fortunately, it wasn't, you know, it's, 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 it's a smaller yard. So it wasn't going full speed. But still, I could feel it trying to keep turning with my finger in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And and I I could I'm just thinking to myself, my finger is like literally going to dislocate and rip off like this is awful. I need to stop this. And like I I couldn't I I could I was trying to pull my finger like out somehow like I was trying to pull it. And I'm like, well, that's just going to make it even worse. The the force of the two things in opposite directions is just going to make it even worse and just literally rip my finger off. I was thinking that maybe the glove was stuck more than my finger. Maybe I could slip my finger out, but that was not working. Like literally my finger was just wrapping around this rod and it was like not good. Fortunately, I was able to reach the uh, knob for, for, for the, for that thing, for the rod, for the impeller, for that whole system. I was able to turn it off, you know, turn it all the way so that it stops it from, from spinning. But My finger was still wrapped around it. So, um, I'm like, now what do I do? How do I get my finger out? And it's like killing me the pressure of it. I'm like, at least it's not going to rip off, but like, it's like stuck like this. How do I get this unstuck? So I was able to realize that, and I was also able to reach underneath the hopper where the impeller is and just manually start twisting, you know, spinning or turning the impeller in the opposite direction to unravel my finger. So that's what I did, and fortunately, I didn't break it. Which I, at that point, I could really care less. I mean, I was just trying to quickly get my finger free from the pain and the potential damage that was being done. Because uh, at th- and at this point, I could almost not feel my finger. Right at this point, there was so much trauma and pressure to my finger that, that I I could just only like feel like the pressure. Like I could just kind of feel that my finger was wrapped up, but I couldn't really sense or feel how much. Damage may have been done or may be doing. Um, so I, I, my goal was just to get my finger out as quickly and as safely as possible. So I couldn't really care less if I broke anything. So I just twisted it until I could unravel my finger, and that was that. And I, my glove was all tore up. So again, I guess for, I guess it was fortunate that I had a glove on, um, because I guess my finger would have got tore up, right? Like, I, it, I, you know, I'm guessing if I didn't have the glove, my finger would have just got ripped to shreds. I don't know if it would have gotten wrapped up still or it just would have got sliced up, you know, really badly and been bleeding everywhere, which would have been also very bad, but it wouldn't have been stuck or maybe both. Maybe it would have gotten ripped up and twisted up and and maybe ripped off because of the, the you know, of it being cut or whatever <laughs> If this isn't gory enough for you guys, I, I, I apologize. I didn't mean to be super graphic, but I just wanted you guys to understand how serious this could have been. So the glove may have saved me having the gloves on like I was supposed to anyway, may have saved me by, but but also if I didn't have gloves, it may not have even gotten caught because I was trying to be careful to begin with and stay away from that area. And I just think the glove caught it because, because also I didn't have a screwdriver. So I was just using my hand. So I'm just like shoving my hands around my fingers, trying to act like the screwdriver and just kind of break everything up and loosen everything up. And I just think the material just snagged that, that pin, you know, just, just enough to grab it and twist it all up with my finger in it. Um, so I had, and I had the glove and I was doing that with bare hands, which would have been awful. Um, and that would have never happened because I'm supposed to, you're supposed to wear gloves. But had I had bare hands shoving it into the, into this product that who knows what damage could do to your, to your health, if you're touching it constantly with bare skin. Um, But had I done that, it might not have, you know, I might not have even gotten caught on anything because there wouldn't have been any material, Um, but whatever. So who knows what, what, you know, what would have happened? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Bottom line is I shouldn't have done any of that. I had gloves like I was supposed to, and I shouldn't have stuck my bare hands in there. And I shouldn't, or not bare hands, shouldn't have stuck my hand in there without like a tool, uh, like a screwdriver, like I normally use. And I shouldn't have had the thing on. I should have turned it off and went and got a screwdriver and broken everything up, loosened up the way I was supposed to, even though it was raining. It just is what it is. That's what I should have done and just dealt with it. Um, Ultimately, I probably should have just been like Screw it, man! It's raining. Oh well, I wasted my time and money and effort coming out here. It's going to rain. Accidents can happen. It, it can be just be making it harder for myself. Why even bother? But me being stressed out and trying to get everything done in the heat of the spring rush for me anyway, in central Virginia, I just did what I did and I almost lost my finger. So, so I, I pulled my glove off, which was just the, the finger part of that glove was destroyed and my finger itself was not destroyed. Just had some pretty serious marks all around it and it was pretty red, but it was still intact and there's no long-term damage that I know of that I can feel. I mean, this was, this was weeks ago now. Um, and I have just been wanting to tell this story, but I've been, there's been a lot of other things that I've been talking about and, and, um, other interviews that I've had scheduled and so on on the podcast. But so this, so it's been weeks now and there's no, no permanent effects, nothing, not, not even any, um, scars or anything that I can even see. There's just my memory of, of the, the, the situation. I, my glove, I still, I still have my glove that's chewed up is kind of like a memory of, um, you know, what could have happened and, and, and how, My stupidity um, allowed that to happen, which we all have those moments, unfortunately, or can have those moments. So just heed my warning of this cautionary tale. No matter how crazy, how stressful, how busy it gets, you get, just don't do it. Don't cut corners. Don't rush through something. Don't not check a box on the safety list or whatever in, in your brain. Like just make sure you're following everything the way that you're supposed to just be safe, do the things that take the extra time and do what you got to do, or just say, you know what, we're just not going to do it today or we're not going to do it right now. We're just going to wait, you know, maybe the weather will pass. Maybe, you know, tomorrow's another day, whatever. It's not worth losing your finger over it. Um, But, you know, and and, um, also um, continuation of the story. (laughs) After I got my finger unstuck and saw that it was fine, you know, for the most part, I put my glove back on and, (laughs) Continued. I finished the yard, finished the yard. It stopped raining, and um, I blew everything off, which took longer than needed because you know some of the stuffs, the product starts sticking to the driveway and all that, which is why you don't want to do that crap in the rain. But I, I was determined to get it done, and the yards look great. You know everything's fine. Nothing, nothing went wrong other than my finger almost getting ripped off. Uh, but that was a lesson learned for sure. I will definitely not do that again. Um, and man. That, that was something that, that has not happened to me. Like I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of near misses. Some things happen over, over the years, pretty much for the same kind of things. Like I've just been, you know, angrily doing something out of frustration, long day, hot by myself or, you know, call outs or whatever, you know, maybe personal issues bleeding into the day and things like that too, or Whatever, and you know, you get just—I dis- get distracted, and so on, and, and then things happen. You know, nothing, no, nothing too crazy. Um, I—I'm I, pretty confident I broke one of my fingers way back in the day um, because I got my mower stuck. You know, I was doing something I shouldn't have done, just trying to save a little bit of time, right? As we all have probably done, or have seen others do tried to save some time and got a little too close to an area that I didn't realize was that muddy and boom, just slid up into something that I couldn't get out of. And it was a mess. And, um, you know, in the process of trying to get out, I, you know, was trying to just <clears throat> manhandle the mower, you know, this 52 inch mower, which I was demoing at the time. It wasn't even the one that I have, but it was the same mower, basically just, uh, a demo. Um, but I, I tried to just manhandle it. Now I'm a pretty strong guy, but you know, some things are just beyond a- anyone. I, everyone has their limits, but so I was trying to manhandle this mower just to try and kind of, cause what happened was that, that the caster wheels had gotten like locked in a position. They had just kind of flipped or turned in a position that made it impossible for me to do anything like, and, and the rear wheels were stuck in, in, in the uh, muddy area in a, position that i just i i needed to be able to move the caster wheel so that i could kind of go straight in a different direction instead of trying to I there's no turning there's no way that i could turn the mower i had to just kind of keep going like in a direction that i was going um, or that i was facing but the caster wheels were all jacked up and wouldn't allow me to do that and the only way to do that was to kind of manhandle the mower to kind of twist it and twist it back and forth, pull it or whatever to get the wheels lined up properly. So in the process of doing that, l- trying to lift, <laughs> lift the deck of this mower and the caster wheel area, um, to, to do that, I heard like a, like a, like a, a snap or a pop and it kind of felt weird. And I was like, oh man, that, that you know, whatever. And I just, just, you know, just kept going and, um, you know, I finally was able to get the, the mower you know, between that nonsense and probably putting like rocks or finding like big stick tree branches nearby or whatever, and shoving them in under the tires, all the stuff that we do. I didn't have another mower that I could attach straps to, to pull it out. And I wasn't going to go the whole route of back in my, you know, unhooking my trailer and back in my truck up there, you know, in, in someone's yard to pull my mower out yet. You know, I was determined to find, to exhaust every other option first, Um, Before I got to that point, and I was able to get it out without, you know, having to pull it out with anything. So, but in the process, I, I feel like I broke my finger. I never went to the doctor, but it definitely swole up and was, you know, it's like, if you ever jammed your finger and you can't bend it, you know, like the bottom part, like, you know, just only go and it feels like really fat and swollen. Like, that's how it felt, but it like never went away. Like, like it just stayed like, like the swelling went down and things like that. But I had pain in that finger for weeks and weeks. And I'm like, what in the world? Maybe I should go to the doctor, but I'm like, they don't do anything, but just like tape your fingers together. Like there's nothing, they don't, you know, unless your finger like snaps in half and it's like sticking out your skin or something graphic. Um, and they have to like reset it, you know, and they put like a brace and all that kind of stuff on. If it's that major of a, of a break, then yeah, but just a normal little fractures, cracks, basically things like that. You know, they're just taping it together to keep it from being mobile so that, you know, it it, it can heal properly. So I'm like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I did. I ended up just taping it. I got like, I had like some athletic tape um, and I just taped it up and it, you know, not, not like my whole finger, just like the bottom part where, where I could feel the pain. And that helped, you know, the pressure of the wrap helped with the pain as most injuries and, and, you know, whether it be sprains, breaks, whatever, whenever you wrap it with something, an ACE bandage tape, all that, all those different kind of things helps give it extra support. And, and, and it feels better, help you kind of do things throughout the day and without, without, a, and still kind of use those parts without it being that big of a deal. And eventually it got better, you know, eventually it got better whatever. But I remember every time somebody would see see me and see my hand with the tape on it, oh, you broke your finger. It's like, I'm like, apparently that's the thing, I guess, you know, like that's the telltale sign you broke your finger if you, you know, got tape wrapped on it or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I can't imagine what else it would have been that took that long to heal. Like if I had just like, you know, sprained it or I don't know, snapped a tendon or something, that probably would have been even worse. That probably would have been really black and blue. And that probably would have had to have been like surgically repaired. I think, I don't even think that's something that would heal on its own. If you like, if you actually snap something, you know, like tear something. Um, so I, I really can't imagine what else I did, but other than break it, fracture it basically, you know, just a little snap, a little crack I heard. And I'm like, Oh man. So again, that's just me. That was just me way back many years ago, probably five, six years ago in, in the early years of my business, just, you know, being careless, you know, but I was in a pinch, you know, trying to figure out how to get out of the situation. So again, my point with that saying that is that there hasn't been a whole lot of these situations. I'm a try to be a very careful person. I do a lot of rushing around as most of us do, especially during the spring rush, but I still try to be as careful as possible. I don't want to have any accidents. I want to be, I want to continue working and making money and I want to be um, alive and safe for my family. So I try to do the t- t- to uh, um, exercise restraint as much as possible and caution, but things happen, unfortunately. So that was definitely a wake up call for me. The whole finger being twisted up and almost ripped off. So let that, let, let this hopefully be a cautionary tale for you guys. Just wanted to share it with you because I know how busy we all get and it's a spring rush and it's crazy, but it's not worth, nothing is worth our life, worth our finger or any other parts of our body. Nothing is worth missing, you know, a meal or many meals with our family or friends or both. Just, you know, pr- keep things in a perspective, you know, just keep it all in a perspective and it's, it, nothing is, 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 is worth that. Um, so just, just remember that and uh things have gotten a little bit better also uh, a little um, follow-up from that story things have gotten better um not not perfect yet but i have hired someone else that is starting in june um they're um in college now so when they finish college they'll be coming back in town so they'll be they'll be available in june so i'll have a college graduate an adult hopefully someone someone who has not hopefully but someone who does have experience in this industry and hopefully there'll be a good, um, asset to the team, a good, mature, um, experienced worker. I also rehired one of my old employees, older, uh, he is older in age, but also, I mean, older like previous employee from over a year ago. Um, I hired him back, I uh, told a whole epic story about that. It's basically as two part episode, a couple, a few episodes ago, if you want to look at that. Listen to that whole story. Um, so, so there, there, I am on the road to recovery here as far as staffing. Again, nothing's perfect. It's always going to be an issue. People come and go. I get it. So you should always be mindful of that. Always keep your staffing fresh. Always be on the lookout for new people keep applications out there, always be hiring that kind of mentality. Cause you just never know when things are going to come up, people are going to quit or they're going to take, you know, things are going to happen or they're going to have a new career path or they're going to move away or whatever. There's, you know, lots of good reasons and not so good reasons that people are going to leave you, but it's just, it's just, it's just inevitable. It's just the way it is. So uh, you want to be prepared for that as much as you can, but for now things are looking like they're starting to Come together now, um, and the spring spring rush is kind of slowing down a little bit. I'm not getting nearly as many calls and emails, and um, you know we kind of have our routine down now with all the lawns being mowed and got all those you know second round treatments done. I'm start going to be starting a third round soon. You know, spraying all the weeds, whatever weeds are are in the lawn, <clears throat> things like that, and just keep uh, working on on uh, on our schedule, and we'll be then we'll be going into trimming shrubs. And a little bit after that and, you know, get get our new guy trained and, and up to speed and just, just keep uh, building our team and uh, strengthening our, our, our company here and, and following through on our, our commitments for our clients and what they signed up for, all the services. So I wish you guys a good rest of your spring rush season. And a good summer. I, I'm, I will definitely be talking to you guys, you know, um, in, in the interim, you know, uh, over the summer as well. Lots more episodes to come with the LCR Media Podcast. So I thank you guys for listening. Again, I hope you um, learn something or, or, you know, heed my words or whatever. Hear my words from this cautionary tale. Um, and don't let that be you. I know plenty of people have had their snafus and their accidents and, and it is lessons learned, hard lessons learned, unfortunately. Um, but that's why we try and share them. Those of us that are on social media, we try to share them with you guys to hopefully help prevent this from happening to you. Um, you know, so again, all the best to you guys. Um, thank you for listening. Thanks. Thank you to the Toro company for sponsoring the LCR media podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie, signing off.
1: This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.